childcare, and COVID-19. Parents with kids in daycare have faced constant closures during the pandemic. And without a vaccine yet available for kids under five, some parents worry the cycle of fear and frustration won't slow down anytime soon. Chicago Tribune features reporter Allison Bowen recently looked into the issue in our area, and she joins us now. Hi, Allison. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Also here is Lauren Sauer, one of the parents Allison spoke with for her story. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sasha. Thanks so much for having me. And we want to hear from you, too. Tell us, if you're a parent of a young child, what is your child care situation like? How have you navigated work and home life? Give us a call at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, our number is 866-915-WBEZ. I'll start with you, Allison. Tell us how the pandemic overall has affected daycare centers in our area. Yes. So we wanted to look into how parents with young children were doing. And these families are in a unique position um, as our daycare directors and teachers. These kids are too young to be vaccinated. um, And when they are in daycare, anytime there's a positive test within the classroom, these rooms can close for up to 14 days. So meanwhile, parents feel like they're trying to juggle, obviously keeping their kids safe, um, but keeping their family sane and running. Um, and these kids are too young to really you know, easily or safely entertain themselves. So it's put everyone in a really tough position. What's the general guidance, Allison, that these centers are following when it comes to handling positive cases or any kind of exposure to the virus? Sure. And it can be complicated. Um, Even I found this out while reporting, trying to understand exactly what the guidance is can be confusing. Um, So that's another reason this is tricky for parents and daycare directors and teachers. Essentially, they follow state guidelines, which recommend 14 days, but that can be um, brought down to a smaller amount if they consult with local health agencies. So it's a little bit they're offering these guidelines, but it kind of puts daycare directors in a spot as well where they're trying to keep parents happy and families enrolled, mm-hmm. um, but keep their own, you know, classroom safe. And one thing I did find out through this reporting is that the state health department here in Illinois is awaiting further guidance from the CDC. And the CDC has told me that they expect to release extra guidance soon, you know, following the recent quarantine and isolation updates that agency has made. So hopefully, hopefully for parents and directors, there will be a little bit more guidance specific to young kids coming soon. All eyes are on the CDC, as always. Uh, Lauren, I want to bring you in here. I know you've got stories. You've got a toddler in daycare. You've got a child at CPS like me. What's been your experience with child care during the pandemic? Oh, it's been it's been a roller coaster. It's been a circus. Um, you know, everything was going really, really well, um, until Omicron hit and that was a game changer. Um, what was the, what was the difference? Oh, sure. Well, obviously since it was such a different variant of the, of the virus, um, I mean, not only was everyone just on edge, um, in their homes and, and socially, but at school, um, my son specifically was exposed in daycare twice in a three-week period. Um, wow. And bookending those periods, my daughter was on winter break from CPS, and then CPS was closed. So mm. there, there was a lot of togetherness <laughs> for, for many, many weeks. Today is the first day my son is back at daycare. You got to know um, him really, really well over those, oh, yes. those weeks. Yes. 
we are we're very tight. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's more like a, a mental game. Um, I mean, since COVID has hit, you always sort of worry about getting the call from the daycare anyways. Um, but this adds a whole nother level of anxiety um, because obviously you don't want to infect anybody yourself either um, if you were to have it and you didn't know it. Um, so so it's, it's really just, it's a mental, it's a lot of mental gymnastics. Let's hear another parent's story from Patrick, who's calling us in McKinley Park. Hey, Patrick, welcome to Reset. Hi, uh, nice to be here. Um, I was actually kind of curious if there were going to be any updates to in-home daycares. Um, my little guy who's three is in a like private daycare with five other kids, and it looks like they haven't updated anything since like 2020. So mm. when my wife contact when my wife contracted Omicron after being vaxxed and boosted, and we all are, um, she had five days of isolation with him home and then there was another 10 day waiting period before he could go back so today was his first day back in 15. oh wow um, and yes we did get to know each other quite a bit more <laughs> same the same uh, togetherness right um yeah. allison any answers there for patrick on home daycares what did yeah, you that's find a, that's a great question i was mostly looking at daycare centers but my understanding is that i believe they would all be under similar guidelines although again even um, to people trying to track this down like me, it's kind of confusing still. Um, but I believe they would still be under those same guidelines, and I would be curious. And I think in-home daycare directors also similarly in a tough spot because they're trying to keep parents happy and safe and then make I, – I think it can be different at every center or in-home daycare how long folks are asked to be out, um, what kind of tests you need to come back. All of those things can vary. So that's like an additional stress for you know, both directors and folks. Sticking with you, Allison, tell us what else you heard from parents about how they deal with the constant disruption. Yes. You know, parents are just really exhausted and fair to say that everyone, you know, is having a tough time right now. But I think for parents with real little kids, it's just really tough. Babies and toddlers can't entertain themselves. So you're talking to parents who, you know, are trying to either decide who's not working or work with their kids underfoot. Um, something I can definitely relate to. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, employers might be less sympathetic. Not everyone has the ability to work remotely. Not everybody has a spouse that they can, you know, trade working times with. So it's it's really hard. Um, and I did want to mention one thing that might be an option is the CDC did tell me through reporting this that test to stay, um, which is a policy that would let children remain in school if they continue to test negative could be an option for child care centers. So that's something that I know people have been wondering about as well. It's called test to stay? Yes, it's a test to stay protocol, or some call it test to return. And something I believe CPS is considering and even piloting. And this was the first I'd heard of the CDC kind of um, potentially greenlighting that for child care centers. But again, everyone, I think, is kind of waiting for the CDC to more directly give guidance. And I think a lot of families also feel frustrated that a lot of the guidance can seem targeted to the unvaccinated in general, whereas mm -hmm. they would love to have kind of more specifics about, you know, young children. The next thing I'm working on actually is what happens if your child tests negative or sorry, tests positive and you remain negative. These families just feel like there's not a lot of guidance specifically for these young kids that can't you don't do much on their own. Right. That's another tough position. I'm glad you're going to be looking into that. A reminder to the folks listening, we want to hear from you too. So if you're a parent of a young child, tell us what 
has your childcare situation looked like during the pandemic and what challenges you've faced and, and what has worked best for your family? Our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Again, you can join the conversation. Call us at 866-915-WBEZ. Here is Megan in Uptown. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> we are hanging in there. You're juggling? Um, yes. I had my second son on March 5th, 2020. So 10 days before everything shut down. And um, it's been nuts. Like, it's literally been like kind of what everyone else has talked about. You know, I have an older son that's at CPS, so he might have to come home in quarantine. And then we have this ethical dilemma of, is it safe to send our son, our younger son, to his daycare, his in-home daycare center? No one's showing symptoms. We are doing at-home tests and they're negative. But, like, are we potentially risking exposing that daycare? My older son also goes to aftercare. And they have different policies than the in-home daycare and CPS. So just trying to manage and keep it all straight has been incredibly exhausting. And I think what um, Allison was alluding to is kind of what I'm wondering, you know, what do we do if someone tests positive and then no one else is showing symptoms? You know, Mm -hmm. do they go or or what is their guidance on that? I think that would be really helpful for families in our situation. Yeah, there will be guidance once Allison writes that piece. So we're all going to (laughs) be keeping our eyes peeled (laughs) on the uh, Chicago Tribune for for that upcoming story. Thanks for calling and and sharing your thoughts with us, Megan. Lauren, you Mm -hmm. are doing a a similar juggle as far as um, child care and work, right? You, You work in real estate. Is that right? Yes. How yes, are you I'm how are you balancing? How are you balancing the two? Well, fortunately, I'm not super busy yet, but I can only imagine what February through June is going to look like. Um, the spring market is always crazy and the last thing I I want is to have my son or daughter in tow <laughs> at my showing. Right. Um, I mean, I'm lucky because I have a a rather flexible schedule in the grand scheme of things, but I know a lot of people obviously are not in that same situation. Um, So, yeah, I mean, inevitably, um, I mean, when I was on the phone with Allison and she quoted, you know, and Lauren got interrupted by her son while I was on the phone. I mean, it's inevitable. It doesn't matter what time of day it is or what the situation is. A child will always interrupt a professional phone call. It's Murphy's Law. Um, And most people are very, you know, they get it. They're not bothered by that. But, Mm -hmm. of course, you you know, you want to be professional and you, you don't want to offend anybody. Um, Absolutely. If I, other, if I had a penny for how many kids have walked in the background of Zoom calls I've been on, I would be rich. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I used to bring my kids to my Zoom, my Zoom company meetings and people would get the biggest kick out of it. I mean, because like, what else are you going to do? You know, you have to just go with it at some point. Right. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention, too, just beyond the CDC uh, guidelines is um, there's DCFS guidelines as well, um, that some of those were just updated on Friday. Um, for, Do they for differ daycare. from what CD, C, uh, the CDC is saying? Well, there's, there's different scenarios that they present, but some of them, um, if, for children who are not vaccinated or fully vaccinated, I mean, they are still saying, you know, stay home and away from people for 14 days. My daycare is now saying 10 days. And then there's a recommended option to shorten the quarantine to a 10-day or a 7-day period combined with testing and negative test results. Hmm. So there's all these hybrid scenarios that are are possibilities, which make it very confusing, obviously. 
Allison, did you get any input from the uh, Illinois Department of Children and Family Services? Yeah, so essentially the state health department and the city health department have guidelines, and they also point to DCFS. It's all confusing to even try to quickly summarize. Um, But essentially everyone points to the state health guidelines, but a good example of how it can be confusing for folks is the state health guidelines also instruct daycares to report health cases to the city. So you're instructed kind of to follow guidelines from the state, um, but then report cases to the city. And then meanwhile, there's kind of some wiggle room um, within the options presented for returning students to, you know, consult with the local health department on return. So I think a lot of daycare directors are really, again, just in a tough spot because they're trying to, you know, find this balance between keeping kids enrolled and parents happy, but everybody safe, but trying to parse these guidelines themselves. And and teachers also are in such a tough space um, at these daycare centers because, you know, one told me, I wasn't able to include everyone in the piece, but one told me, you know, I hug my kids tighter, her her, um, school kids, the teacher said, I hug my kids tighter, you know, now and more because she never knows when they might be gone, either for two weeks or however long it might be. Um, But also that the parents might get frustrated at the closures and pull them out at any point. Um, You know, and these are teachers who are used to having extended conversations with parents about lesson plans or about even illness, you know, before it was kind of conversations about how long to be out for a fever. Now it's teachers kind of being asked to relay infectious disease protocol, you know, answering questions about masking and trying to keep kids distanced. So it's, you know, it's really changed their jobs as well, I think. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking about how COVID-19 closures at, at daycare centers are affecting parents with younger children. We're talking with Chicago Tribune features reporter Allison Bowen, who wrote a story on it, and Lauren Sauer, who's one of the parents that she spoke with for her latest piece. And we want to hear from you, too. Still a few minutes to chime in here. Tell us your experience with COVID-19 closures at your child's daycare center, and, and tell us how you've navigated all of the challenges, what's worked, what hasn't. You can call us at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. Allison, you've also reported on a nanny shortage during the pandemic. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because of course, daycare isn't the only option for kiddos. Um, But again, related to how tough it can be (laughs) for young families right now. Um, the options are a little limited. There's daycare. Um, everything has pros and cons, as any parent knows. But nannies are in a real shortage right now. A lot of people were turning to them kind of when the pandemic began. And now they we reported a story within the last couple of months about how essentially nannies can kind of call the shots. Because there's a shortage, they can really, um, you know, I think nannies have been asking for higher pay, et cetera, for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so that puts parents in a tough spot, um, Not not only just financially, I don't so much mean that, but also just waiting to find a nanny that parents told me they can, it can take so long to secure one that again, you're kind of in that juggle of trying to, you know, keep your kids home and work while you're interviewing nannies where someone, you know, could then um, find another position. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's tough too. So it's, you know, it's, and then again, if your child tests positive for COVID, all the options you may have previously, if your kid were sick before the pandemic, maybe a grandparent can hang out with them, um, maybe back up daycare after a certain amount of time. Those options aren't really 
available if you think your kid could be carrying COVID. And we've also reported at the Tribune about how hard it can be to find a fast and reliable test for children as well. So it's just kind of this endless cycle that parents feel like they're in, they told me. Well, CPS, as we know, plans to cut its quarantine time in half from 10 days to five days. Lauren, would you support that move if daycare centers did the same? In theory, I do. I do think I do think five days does seem short. Mm-hmm. I think seven days seems a little more uh, feasible as far as letting the virus incubate and show up um, if that's what ends up happening. Yeah. I, I, I do think, you know, obviously then you have a, a weekend in there as well, um, which is generally not work time for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think 10 days is definitely far too long. I think five days is maybe a little too short. So seven sounds like a good compromise. Well, officials also say that the Pfizer vaccine could soon be authorized for kids under five. What do you think of that, Lauren? I'll be the first in line. So this is welcome news for you. A hundred percent. Anything that I can give my child to to assist in his life returning back to quote unquote normalcy and feeling a little bit more comfortable going into public places and having play dates and going to play places, etc. I I think that's great news. Allison, we've been talking so much about how these closures are affecting parents and I wonder what about the kids? That's a great question. This is a constant change in environment. It's got to be affecting them. Sure. That's a great question. Glad you mentioned that because you're right. And actually, we didn't get too much into that in the article. But some of the teachers told me that, you know, it's hard for these kids. Kids love routine. Um, The teacher who told me that she, you know, hugs them as much as she can said can be really tough. You know, coming back from two weeks is a long time for a kiddo. Um, She said it's kind of like starting a brand new classroom all over again. Um, also I would say just for previous stories that child psychologists have told me kids are incredibly resilient. That's always heartening, I think, for parents to hear. But yeah, you know, it's it's hard. It's getting out of the routine. And I think parents also feel this mix of, you know, guilt that they can't fully focus on their kids when they're home, you know. So that's that's tough too. So mm-hmm. you're having them at home where they would otherwise be entertained by this you know, trained adults spending all of their time and attention um, on these kiddos. So, I, you know, I think it's, it can be tough for the kids, too, for sure. Allison, I can't help but think about parents who don't have the option of working remotely or who aren't able to send their kids to daycare. What would be helpful for them? Absolutely. That's such a tough spot to be in. And I always think of that in reporting these stories, as, you know, many parents even told me while um, doing these interviews that, they were sharing their challenges, but that they were very aware that they were in a privileged position to, for example, work remotely or share shifts with their spouses. Um, I know that some places, like a like a university I talked to that I can't remember offhand, but we're kind of trying to provide some type of backup care that could be like somewhat flexible. Or, for example, this parent group, um, a group of parents at a daycare when it closed, did get a pod together in the meantime so that the kids could hang out. I believe all of the children and families had recently had COVID. So it was kind of finding a similar similar level they felt of exposure and then getting those kids together at one of their homes. That's actually the people we photographed in the story. So yes, again, I think people are really, really wanting more guidelines and solutions because sometimes parents feel like all the options aren't great. 
And just making do in the meantime, for sure. Yes. That's Chicago Tribune Features reporter Allison Bowen. We've also been speaking with Lauren Sauer. Allison and Lauren, thank you so much for your time. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.